this is the end. But this is the beginning. Everything is the same, but everything is different. As you stand there on the shore, you are held in the ecstasy of this paradox. How do you live in this world now? A world without Jesus, while at the same time full of him. And as you meditate in this tension, you decide to do once more what you have already done dozens of times and would come to do countless times over the course of your life. You remember the story. He called your name. That was how it started. The first thing you remember is your name being called and that feeling, something stirring in you when you heard your name called from the seaside that day. It wasn't a particularly strong feeling, just a, a mustard seed of a feeling, a pinch of leaven disappearing into some dough. It was really only enough to make you turn your head. But as you saw him there, standing on the shore, the call echoing in your ears. It was the feeling of being seen. It was the feeling of being valued. Valued enough to be invited into something you'd always wanted to break into, but you were never sure how. And it was enough to make you want to know more. As you followed, you remember the sorts of things that he did, things that your hardened heart hadn't believed possible. You remember the sort of world he brought into being around him every single day, with every encounter, with every kind of person. You remember the world he opened your eyes to see. And you remember the day he gave that world a name. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. He had said. And with every blind eye that saw, every deaf ear that opened, every mute tongue that sang, and every prisoner whose chains fell off, you dared to believe it. And that mustard seed of a feeling sprouted into a full-fledged hope. You don't remember exactly the day that you gave him everything, to leave behind all your stability, your possessions, everything that had defined you before. But you remember the day you realized it's what you had done. And you remember rejoicing in it. You felt like someone who had happened upon an unimaginable treasure, just buried in a field. So of course you would sell every trifling thing you had to buy the field. Having experienced what you had experienced, what else could you have done? And you remember the others that started to feel it too and follow. And the teacher's way, once a quiet word absorbed by a loud and uncaring world, wasn't so quiet anymore. In fact, you remember how it grew louder and louder to the point where you couldn't even sneak off to pray without being bombarded by a crowd of people. You couldn't even eat dinner without seekers cutting holes in the roof to get to the teacher. And for the first time on this journey, you felt a different kind of feeling. Fear. Because the louder this thing got, the more likely it was to be noticed by someone who didn't like the sound. 
and you'd been right. You remember how before long teachers and scribes and priests and religious folk started coming out of the woodwork just looking for something to be offended by. And you saw firsthand how ugly it gets when religion is hijacked by human ego. But in the midst of the conflict, something in you flipped. You realized that this was the time to go big or go home. So you decided to escalate the volume of your movement into a full-blown battle cry. Hosanna, you cried out as you accompanied the master into the corrupt city that you knew he'd soon take. After all, after all that you had seen, victory was assured. The kingdom was indeed at hand, and the king was riding in to settle accounts, to cast the wicked tenants from the vineyard, and as far as you were concerned, blessed be the one who comes in the name of the Lord. And then you lost. Before you really even knew what was happening, it was over. Defeat was complete and total. And you remember chancing a glance from your hiding place far away, peeking out like an animal to just catch a glimpse of Golgotha. And you remember seeing your rabbi hanging naked on a cross. You remember thinking that he looked as broken and humiliated as those he had been healing, those he had been loving his whole life. And you remember the world getting dark. You remember your hope, your faith. You remember it felt as small and fragile as a grain of wheat in your hand. And somewhere over the course of those three days, you said goodbye and dropped it into the ground. Selfishly, you began to think that now you had no home, no security, no self, field, or treasure. Nothing. Day one. Day two. Day three. And then, resurrection changed everything. It was like in a day you learned that the world was not only stranger than you thought, but stranger than you had the ability to think. Not only better than you thought, but better than you could think. What was this world where even defeat was victory? What was this kingdom where suffering and death could be a doorway to life? What was this reality where all things could work together for the good of those who loved God? And you remember oscillating between Wonder and disorientation and reorientation over and over and over. You've never lived in a world like this before. You remember wondering what does it mean to live in a world where weakness is strength and strength is weakness. Where the first were last and the last were first. Where the foolish were wise and the wise foolish. As you looked around, everything was the same. But everything was different. And then you were standing on that mountain, listening to the teacher preach one more sermon. Every scripture, every law, every prophet, and every psalm is fulfilled, he said. And you remember thinking, of course they are. 
Love was the source and fulfillment of them all. And he had embodied love like none had ever. On the other side of the resurrection, it seemed that all was love, that all was Christ. And that all was full with the fullness of him that fulfilled all. But then he said more. Beginning in this city, he said, go out and tell the story of what you've witnessed. Go out and show them the world through your eyes, the eyes that I have given to you. Go and show them the kingdom is at hand all around them. Teach them to repent so that they can see it. Teach them to let go of their past mistakes so they can enter it. And then go out and issue the invitation to every nation, to the ends of the earth. Everyone, everyone is invited to the feast, to the wedding banquet, celebrating the marriage of the human and the divine. And you remember thinking again, of course they are. Though the wide net of this invitation once would have bothered you, once you would have been a bit more discriminant about the fish that you picked up, you could no longer see the borders of this kingdom. The throne of Christ was higher than Israel, higher than Rome, higher than any nation or empire that there had ever been or ever would be. And it's always been that way, you thought. Though you could only just now see it, a mystery hidden from the beginning of time. And then you remember, as you looked at him, he grew more difficult to focus on. You squinted, but before you realized it, you could no longer see him like you once could. He no longer stood in that spot where he once stood. But you realized there was no longer any need to say goodbye. After all, was there anywhere now that he was not? And you aren't sure how long you must have been staring at that spot where he'd been, but you remember the jolt of hearing voices behind you? Why are you staring at the place where he was? They'd asked, two messengers in white. They'd asked like it was you who were being weird. He'll be back, they assured. In the same way you saw him go, he'll be back. And you knew he would. In countless ways and in countless places, you knew he would. And you remember running back to the temple with your friends like children, possessed by joy. And now you're back, staring at the edge of the sea, watching the fishermen busy on their boats. The world is the same as it had been all those years ago, but it's not. You look at your hands, once so good with fishing nets, and you think you are the same as you had been, but you're not. Because the world is enchanted, and every bush is ablaze with the divine. And you watch the fishermen and women toiling away, and you wonder, why can't they see it too? Why couldn't they see the vibrant colors of this kingdom world, the divine hidden in every strand of their net, every fish and wave of the sea? You wish you could open their eyes, and then it comes to you. You get it like, like the punchline of some cosmic joke. 
looking down at your feet, you realize that you're standing right here in that exact spot that the teacher once stood all those years ago, watching you toil away on your boat, fiddling with your nets. You realize these must be the same eyes through which he once saw you, longing to open yours. These fishermen don't know it, just like you once didn't know it. And through your memories, Christ's call echoes from the seaside, from the mountain. Still, it speaks your name and invites you to follow. So you go. The story of the ascension is the epilogue to the story of Jesus. It's the turning point. This is where we move from the story of Christ in Jesus to the story of Christ in the church. The end of the Gospels leave the disciples in the position of learning how to be in a post-resurrection world, recognizing that the kingdom is, in fact, at hand, just like us. We, too, are in that position of learning how to make meaning in this post-resurrection world, a world that is still brimming, a world that is still overflowing with the divine. We, too, are in the position of tuning our hearts and opening our eyes to the kingdom. We, too, now hear the call to be witnesses to all nations, telling the truth about what we've seen. Our world is different now, but it's the same. We are different, but we're the same. The story is different, but it's the same. Today, the story of Christ in Jesus comes to an end. And the story of Christ in us begins. started out as a feeling which then grew into a hope which then turned into a quiet thought which then turned into a quiet word and then that word grew louder and louder till it was a battle cry I'll come back when you call me no need to say goodbye just because everything's changing doesn't mean it's never been this way before all you can do is try to know who your friends are as you head off to the war
pick a star on the dark horizon and follow the light you'll come back when it's over no need to say goodbye you'll come back when it's over no need to say goodbye. Now we're back to the beginning. It's just a feeling and no one knows yet. Just because they can't feel it too doesn't mean that you have to forget. Let your memories go stronger and stronger till they're before your eyes. You'll come back when they call you no need to say goodbye you'll come back when they call you no need to say goodbye